The first thing that I ask whenever I'm being introduced to someone digitally is to share with me the biggest obstacle that they're currently facing in their path. And so far, I've never met anyone who doesn't have some kind of obstacle that they feel is standing in their path. For the kind of people that I'm meeting, the most common ones are numbness, depression, a feeling of just general disconnect, dealing with the ramifications of trauma, and everyone is trying to find a way to understand our place in this strange world in which we found ourselves born into to find a, a deeper level of understanding inside themselves and inside their lives. So I'm gonna use this opportunity to break down my views on overcoming those obstacles. You don't have to believe anything that I'm about to share with you. Nothing that I say requires belief. But if you're willing, you can take it on and try it out and see if it's true for you. See if it makes sense for you. Because if you're not willing and you don't try it on, it doesn't matter. Nothing I say matters. They're just words. Maybe you like the sound of my voice. <laughs> Maybe you find it calming. These are things that people tell me. Beautiful compliments and sentiments that I really appreciate without identifying with them, without telling myself or saying to anyone else, ah, I am a person with a pleasant voice. Ah, I am a person who is calming. And the significance of that I'll come back to later the significance of not latching on to and identifying with how other people experience me. Something I want to get out of the way is how we define what is ego and what is self. And the reason is because many people have many different ideas in their head or ways of looking at what does that mean? What is the ego? What is self? And how I'm going to define the ego right now is Anything that's moving us towards a sensation of this is me, this is me, this is who I am, I am like this, that is the ego. And the self is that which is impossible to define. It has no fundamental shape, it has no fundamental ground. Instead, it springs from the infinite and the absolute, and that's where it returns. So this is in contrast to the ego, where the ego is terrified of physical death because the end of physical life is the end of the ego, whereas the self is constantly dissolving and returning. The self is just part of everything, just part of this whole being, just part of this ocean, this roiling, churning ocean. What does that actually mean? Let's go into an example. So let's say that I'm having a really good day. Let's say that I have three really good days in a row. And I'm chatting with a friend and I say, you know, I'm just a very happy person. And the friend reinforces that identity. The friend says, yeah, you are a really happy person. Sounds pleasant, right? Sounds like a nice thing. Sounds like a good thing to reinforce. But then what happens tomorrow? Maybe tomorrow brings some kind of profound loss. Are you still a happy person? Are you still happy? In that moment, as a state of being, is happiness the state of being when you're experiencing profound loss? For most people, probably not. 
for the vast majority of people, profound loss leads to profound grief, profound sadness. Now, is that a problem? Is it a problem to experience profound grief and loss and sadness? No, it's not a problem. It's just something that comes and goes. It's just part of that cycle. The problem is when that's in opposition to who we have identified with and believed and who other people have invested in. This guy down the street, he invested in me being a happy person. So when I'm unhappy, suddenly there's tension there. Hey, I thought you were a happy person. There is a discord between belief and identity and reality. And this becomes the obstacle, is this resistance towards what is actually real, what is actually real in the present moment, rather than these anchors which we've tried to pin down without realizing we're pinning them into shifting sand. These views of ourselves that we have grasped for to give us some sense of ground in a groundless universe. The reason why it's important to make these distinctions is because inside of those distinctions is actually where all obstacles are generated, where all blockages are generated, is just right there. In that moment where I look at reality, and reality is in conflict with what I have believed, especially when it's what I've believed about myself, that's the moment where there's an obstacle, because what is true is not what I desire. What's actually reality isn't what I want, and so I can't accept it. And rather than accept it, I'm going back to what I have believed, and I'm saying that's the truth. I'm going back to what I've believed, and I'm saying this is what's real. And this might sound insane, and it is. And yet we all do it. Everyone does it. We all do it, and even knowing that we all do it can be a source of great kindness, great tenderness, great compassion and great allowing. What I mean by great allowing brings us to the first quote-unquote step. Because everyone likes steps, right? Everyone likes a path that we can follow and get from one to two to three and get some kind of outcome that is beneficial, that's positive, that's harmonious, that's in a positive alignment. So when I say we all do this, and if we can just allow it. What I'm saying is that the first step is we're becoming aware of it. Becoming aware of, hey, sometimes I can't accept the way things are. So I find some way of running away, some way of soothing myself, some way of hoping, which is projecting into the future that things will improve, rather than being with what's actually going on right now. So, if you take a moment and you just let yourself notice how your body feels right now, what your thoughts are like right now, how you're feeling emotionally right now, <sighs> what kind of sensations are moving through all of you right now, that's reality. That's what's actually happening right now. And right now, when you feel into it, I wonder, are you able to just notice it and let it be exactly how it is? 
Or is there a judgment? Is there a resistance? Is there a denial? Are there emotions that are rejecting and negative towards that state of being? Or is it just, ah, that's exactly how it is. Maybe there's a feeling of ease, maybe there's tension, maybe there's pain, maybe there's pleasure. Are you able to just let those sensations be? All of them exactly as they are? Or are you not? Is there any resistance anywhere towards exactly how you are right now? Not just that, but let's expand it to your external situation. Whether it's how you appear or how you think you appear, your social economic status, your feeling of value within the society which you find yourself. Are you able to accept all of those? And just say, yeah, that's exactly how it is right now. In the next moment, any number of things can happen, but right now, that is exactly where I'm at. And hardly anybody, hardly any human being, can look at their whole total situation where they are right now and have whole total embracing and acceptance of that. And that is the root of all obstacles. And why is that important to understand? Why is it important to understand that all obstacles have the same fundamental root? Because we're like ants. We're all, me, you, we're all like ants crawling across a threshing floor, a place where grain is being separated from wheat plants. And we're crawling across the floor and we're searching for that one little nugget of a fracture of a grain that we can take back for ourselves and our community. But we don't see the enormous abundance and wealth that's all around us, the enormous resource that's all around us. We don't see the silos full of tons of grain, enough to feed billions upon billions of our brothers and sisters. We see the cracks in the floor that we're trying to get around. We see the distance between ourselves and those little fragments of grains. We see our own individual little obstacles rather than understanding that all of us all of us have these obstacles because they're all the same obstacle. That resistance and the inability to accept reality exactly as it is, is fundamentally the only obstacle. And so that's the first step, is just having that awareness. Having the awareness that the obstacle is the path. That's what this means. The obstacle is the path. When I say the path, I mean the path to your own liberation, your own liberation from suffering. Before we go on to the second step and the third step, you should know that the first step is really all we need. If we can have total awareness of how reality is in a specific moment, then we must accept it. Total awareness means total acceptance, and total acceptance implies total awareness. And that in itself dissolves the obstacle. But we can refine this and go further and make it more applicable to what human life is really like. To use another example of why 
This total acceptance and allowing and awareness is valuable. Let's say that you're struggling with some type of addictive behavior. Maybe you play video games, maybe you're using drugs, maybe you watch a lot of TV, maybe you work all the time, maybe you're angry all the time. Whatever it is for you, whatever it is that you find yourself latching on to, to soothe yourself. If you don't accept it, are you going to keep doing it? If you feel guilty about it and you feel like you're a bad person for it, are you going to keep doing it? Put another way, if you don't accept it, does it stop? It doesn't. It never does. Sitting there and hating yourself for doing that thing and feeling like a bad person, feeling like you're wrong for doing it, it's never going to stop it. What we resist persists. Whereas once you come to a place of acknowledging it, owning it, accepting it, that's when the door to choice and choosing opens. The second step is noticing that you have a choice. Just noticing that, oh, right now I am not able to just let this be exactly how it is. Right now, exactly how it is, I'm just not okay with it. It's frustrating. I wish it would go away. I desire for it to be not how it is right now. I desire for it to be a different way. Noticing that and then becoming aware that you have choice. You have choice in how you can act in the next moment. You also have a choice to be more and more aware, more and more alert, more and more alive. And the choices can be so overwhelming. Because choice, when we realize we have it, implies responsibility. Deep personal responsibility. Hold on a sec. If I'm the obstacle, if my resistance and my negative feelings towards all of these situations is actually the source of all my suffering, oh, I guess it's on me. I guess it's on me to actually make a choice. Or at least to even become aware that I have a choice. That's on me. And if you look at the world, you'll probably notice that people run away from responsibility at every opportunity, always looking for someone to attack and blame, always looking for someone to pass the buck onto. That's the dominant culture that almost all of us are conditioned with, the dominant behavior and mind frame. It's not that the external situations are perfect. It's not that by having awareness, those frustrations go away. It's not that they're cured but it's that you no longer suffer with them, that there can be pain, frustration, loss, grief, without suffering. Because in all of these cycles of life, there will always be pleasure and pain. There will always be hot and cold. You can't cure any of it. But when you return to your true nature, when you return to your true self, all of this can pass through you without suffering. Look at a baby, for example. Look at the baby inside of you. When you were a baby, if you were hungry, you cried. You cried freely. Maybe you screamed. If you needed love or attention or connection or nourishment, you just cried shamelessly. And then once your needs were satisfied, you were happy again. You were content. You were at ease. 
There was no identification with the sadness, no identification with the happiness. Just as the ocean doesn't identify with a high tide or a low tide. When it's a low tide, the ocean doesn't say, oh, I'm very inadequate. <laughs> when the trees lose their leaves, they don't say, oh, I'm so naked. That's just how they are. And this is why our great intelligence is also such a great curse. Why, even though we've progressed so incredibly technologically in the last few hundred years, after living in the dirt for millions of years, suddenly we have houses and cars and the internet. But human suffering is perhaps at an all-time high these last few hundred years, because the suffering has nothing to do with our situation. It has to do with what we're attached to and our unfulfilled desires, our unfulfilled expectations. So choice, seeing that we have a choice, seeing that we are responsible, brings us back into that place of power. It doesn't mean that you stop being depressed or traumatized or feeling restless or feeling meaningless. It's that you can step back and say, well, maybe that's actually just how it is right now. Maybe I can just accept that right now I'm experiencing a very low mood and I'm experiencing, let's say, flashbacks and I'm experiencing this hollow place inside of me. And that is the solution to the trap. It is fundamentally the only solution to that trap of suffering. And now you say, well, maybe I can't accept it. Maybe I can't accept that I'm depressed. Maybe I can't accept, maybe I can't accept all this pain. Are you willing to accept that you can't accept it? Are you willing to say, yeah, it's true. Right now, I am so damn fed up and I just can't accept this. Keeping in mind that acceptance doesn't mean apathy. Acceptance doesn't mean just laying down. Remember, we're acknowledging that we have a choice, that we have a responsibility. That doesn't mean, oh, I accept that's the way it is. It's always going to be this way. That's just more grasping. That's just more attachment more fixating. No, I don't know how it will be 10 seconds from now. I don't know how I'm going to address it in 10 seconds from now. Maybe I'll just stay on the couch. Maybe I'll find some kind of medicine. Maybe I'll reach out for help. Maybe I'll call a friend. It's the opposite of giving up choice. It's the opposite of giving up. It's the opposite of apathy. It's the opposite of defeat. It is the ultimate victory, the ultimate power to say, hey, right now, I can be willing. I'm willing to be willing to accept that right now I'm feeling very stuck on the couch, that right now I am so damn fed up and frustrated. I'm not able to accept it, but I'm willing to be willing to accept that it actually is that way right now. And that willingness leads us to actually choosing the third step. That willingness implies a choice. I am choosing to be willing. I'm choosing to be willing to be willing. Can I be willing to accept that I'm unwilling? <laughs> to not judge myself. To be friendly to myself, even if I'm unwilling. To be friendly to myself, even if I am resistant. Because in those moments of deep resistance is when the not can be very 
tightly tied by what Freud called the superego. And the superego is just those negative voices towards ourselves that we've internalized. You can ask yourself, can I just accept this moment exactly as it is, even with this imperfect situation that's frustrating me? And perhaps the answer is no, right now, in this moment. Right now, I can't. Is that a problem, that you can't accept it right now? It doesn't have to be a problem. But then what if a voice steps in and says, you're weak, toughen up. You're pathetic because of how you were told you should be and how that's different from how you are. Maybe you even do it with me. Maybe I sit here and you hear me and I say, hey, accept the moment exactly as it is. And you say, well, I can't. Ankara says I should and I can't. Maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I'm inadequate. Maybe I'm just not enlightened enough. Maybe I'm not advanced enough on my path. We can make up judgments from anything. And this just loops us back again. Can you accept those voices? I hear you. I hear you. And sure, you can dig into it. You can dig into it and ask yourself, when was the first time that I remember feeling that way? What was the situation where I learned to believe that about myself? But that's not what we're covering today. That's valuable. Insight is valuable. Self-knowledge is valuable. But you can gain so much more self-knowledge by coming back, returning home to a place of warm curiosity and openness right now. And that's it. That is it. Those are the three steps that you can use right now. I would like to tell you how to use them in the past. I'd like to tell you how to use them in the future. But unfortunately, my time machine's broken. <laughs> I only know how to use these tools right now. So to summarize all of that, Right now, are you able to see clearly exactly how your situation is? And if you can see it clearly, are you able to accept, yeah, that's just how it is right now. Who knows five minutes from now, but right now, that's actually how it is. And then are you able to see that you have a choice? Are you able to come back and say, hmm, right now, I can't accept. I can't allow things to just be how they are, but I am willing to. I'm willing to allow it. And also, I'm willing to take action now that you have more clarity, now that you have more distance, now that you have oh, just some breathing room around it. I'm willing to take actions based on this new understanding. I have a new understanding and I'm willing to use that understanding to take harmonious action, to take right action or not making the choice to say, actually, I don't need to intervene here. Actually, this is none of my damn business. As my mom likes to say, not my monkey, not my circus. It's none of my business. What these people are choosing to do, that is on them. I can feel however I feel about what they're doing. That's my action. That's my karma. But in a material way, I actually can't do anything about that. I can feel how I feel about it, and I can accept how I feel about it. But I have two hands. I'm very small. Physically, I'm very small. I'm just this little speck in this incredibly vast universe. I'm just one droplet in this infinite ocean. I want to erode injustice, erode power structures that oppress. And as this one little speck of water, I can, but just a little bit, just a little bit. And that's how it is. Maybe it's okay, maybe it's not okay, but it just is. 
It just is, and it's just part of the great cycles of life. Times of liberation, times of injustice, what ancient people in India called the yugas, the golden ages of consciousness, the iron ages of consciousness in which we find ourselves right now, according to that perspective. Every breath, a cycle. Every life, a cycle. Every day, every progression of the phases of the moon, every turning of the seasons, every cycle of high energy, low energy, activity, rest, all of this can pass. All of this will pass whether we want it to or not. And with all these cycles, each one comes many opportunities, many challenges and many obstacles. The opportunities and the challenges, they're not optional. You actually can't opt out of them. What you can opt out of is the obstacle. What you can opt out of is the suffering. And it's a habit. It's a habit that requires catching up with yourself, something we all have to work on, myself absolutely included. It's not about getting perfect with it. It's about just putting that one foot in front of the other, just walking ourselves home, walking each other home to a place of greater understanding, whatever level of understanding we're able to come to whatever level of acceptance we're able to come home to. When I say, my hands are small, I'm just a little speck of water, all I can do is erode a little bit, all I can do is nourish a little bit, it can sound very disempowering. To me, it's the ultimate power. To say, what I can do, I will do. What I cannot do, that's just how it is. Whenever an opportunity presents itself, to be accepting, kind, compassionate, aware, present, loving, connected. I will do that. I will take that action. I will make that choice. I will embody that. But when I can't, I can't. When with my one heart and my two hands, I can't change the things that I wish I could change, maybe I can at least accept that and have compassion for myself and compassion for the other people who are also doing what they can within their limited means, their human lifespan. Finally, coming full circle to the self, the greatest evidence that I can offer you <sighs> that we are all part of that great infinite and absolute source is to just sit and remember what can you remember about before you were born? Just take a moment and remember what were you before you were here? You weren't the ego. Whatever it was that you were, it was not the ego. And that is the return journey home that you are making. Home to that source the mother of all things, which dissolves everything like the ocean, with grace, without any judgment at all, just returning to the low places, carving them out, penetrating into them, and dissolving, dissolving, dissolving. When we know that we're on the road home, the road home becomes home. 
in those moments, which can be fleeting, where we understand the journey that we're on and we accept it just exactly as it is, <sighs> we can just relax into it. We can enjoy the ride. We can enjoy the roiling waves, even if we're afraid, even if we feel alone, knowing that we are returning to the ultimate connectedness, knowing that that ultimate connectedness never leaves us, that the only thing generating that sense of separateness is just the ego, and that's okay right now. Not judging the ego, not resisting the ego, not making the ego wrong, just understanding that like a toddler throwing a tantrum, that's just how it is right now for you and for all of us. When you can see all of that and feel the wonder and the mystery of it in those moments, which also come and go in cycles, because even awareness and presence are impermanent. In those moments, you can finally come home to yourself. In those moments, you can see yourself on the return journey home. And in those moments, you're free. Thanks for walking with me on this path. Thanks for being a part of my journey. I look forward to the next time that we can be together in person again. And until then, I wish you a blessed journey. <laughs>